Welcome to the Perfectly Honest Podcast with Michael and Kiana. We are here to discuss life's everyday circumstances from the perspective of an everyday couple. That's us. If I'm being perfectly honest, the world is challenging our righteous desires to become better men and women. With Christ, we believe it's possible to overcome the world, live intentionally, and experience joy. So, let's jump right in to this week's episode. Hello, guys. Welcome to the Perfectly Honest Podcast with Kiana. Me. And Michael. That's me. Him. <laughs> and if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't have anything to to say about the in this section. No. <laughs> that's cheating. Okay. That's my one time. I'll give you one. If I, Here, I'll pretend to be Michael. If, I, if I'm being perfectly honest, I've never finished a cup of tea in my <laughs> life. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that was our conversation tonight. Every time she... She looks at my uh, cup of uh, herbal tea. She's like, you haven't finished it. He has never finished it. There's always but like, I have. there's always at least four gulps. Well, left. sometimes I go for a second serving though. Sometimes I, I yeah. fill it up again. And so, you know, that's how I do it. Anyways. Anyway, today's topic, uh, j- just a disclaimer before we say anything, um, the stuff in this podcast are our opinions, our mm-hmm. thoughts, what we know to be true. And so we're not looking to offend anybody with our thoughts. But if if you do get offended, then that's on you. <laughs> that's kind of an offensive way to say don't get offended. <laughs> yeah, but also, you know, that being said, uh, let us know how you feel about the topic. We won't be offended, you know, by... By, uh, by your opinions by and your beliefs. Opinions, yeah. By your opinions and beliefs. So totally. That's why I say it that way. I say it jokingly that way, but uh, <laughs> but I, but also um, I think it's good for us and healthy for us to express our opinions. That being said, today we're going to be talking about the family mm-hmm. and the attack from the world on the family. Um, and things have, have definitely changed uh, for families. So we yeah. want to acknowledge those things, but, but talk about, you know, what we think, what we're, we've observed mm-hmm. um, happening in in the family situation with regard to how the world is treating it. Yeah. And I, my hope is that we can give kind of an objective standpoint. Is that the right word? Yeah. Like without opinion, like this is the pattern that we are seeing emerging and then offer commentary on that pattern. Right. Then, then offer our subjective. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay. Subjective, objective. Okay. So to start, I kind of wanted to give a history lesson of the pattern we've seen emerge of the disintegration of the traditional family. And this is something we've been talking a lot about in my child and family advocacy class. Um, And we see it start to happen around the 1960s. And that was with... Right, right. (laughs) That's That's what I have written down too. Wait, that's so funny. (laughs) And Michael is no family expert. That was just from my own observations. It wasn't from like... Anything that Kiana's about to say. So. Which is, okay, so I'm excited to hear why you think yeah. that's when it started. But um, from what we've talked about is the introduction of birth control leading to, you know, right. women ha- feeling like they have more control over their sexual lives and child family planning and then realizing, oh, I don't have to be in a committed relationship. I can have sex with whoever I want, which is not right. good. <laughs> yeah, not good at all. I I mean birth control is has blessed many people's lives, I guess, but 
it has caused a lot of problems too. And um, around that same time, I forget the author's name, but the book, The Feminine Mystique, came out, which oh, okay, which rose another wave of feminism of you should not be content with being a homemaker and there's so much wrong with your life and you should be unhappy, basically. That's where I feel like the complaining, whining feminist comes from was in the 1960s. Right. <laughs> and then after that, we have something called no-fault divorce. And yeah, what's that? So no fault divorce, it came about around the 1980s or 90s, I think. And it is an easier way to get divorce. Okay. So it's basically saying neither party is at fault. Let's sign a piece of paper and just get this marriage over with. Oh, got it. Okay. I thought you were talking about like, uh, what is it? Like an, an annulment, annulment instead of a... Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so that's basically, but what before when you would get divorced, you would have to have someone like have a reason, right? You had to have a good reason to get divorced, right? And I mean, no fault divorce has probably helped many people have not messy divorces, right? But it also offered the back door for every marriage in America, right? It's like, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, you can just get divorced was kind of the mindset shift that happened there. Right. Are you okay if I pause you on yeah. on that too? I think, uh, so like thinking about that situation, you can mm-hmm. see the reasoning behind it. You can see the pros, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. and the cons, mm-hmm. right? Well, because prior, prior to that, I believe it was very hard for women <laughs> specifically to get divorces. Yes, exactly, right? So I, I think that there's maybe some good things mm-hmm. um, that, that could have, you know, because messy divorces aren't necessarily that great. So no. it's like, obviously it was coming about because of a problem. Yeah. But um, there are these things in societies, like when someone looks at that, they're like, this is the one solution, mm-hmm. right? I feel like there have been probably a lot of cons from that. Yeah. Like a society, which is probably what you're getting to. Yeah. Well, so. which is... Divorce being on the rise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Divorce being on the rise, the easy back door, mm-hmm. right? There's there's a, um, a disincentive. That's another disincentive for mm-hmm. marriage, yeah. right? It's basically saying like, like we're not incentivizing marriage in our society mm-hmm. anymore. Maybe a step towards that. Right. And with no-fault divorce, we see less fathers present in the home, which we'll get to more later in right. this podcast episode. But then I would say the next big milestone after that was this all of the states getting together and creating their definition of marriage for their state right and that was around 2008 um i don't know if you remember prop 8 in california uh yes i do i very much remember that yes and so that was the state of california deciding okay the definition of marriage is between man and a woman yeah and that's what the ruling was i'm pretty sure yeah no it was that was what the ruling was yeah Yeah. and then that was that was the outcome of the prop yes was that marriage between man yeah marriage is between man and woman and then we have in 2015 i believe is when this court case came to the supreme court and the supreme court decided to make a definition for marriage for all 50 states right and it was that marriage is a genderless institution and so that's kind of where we're living 
now. Right. Is that there are a lot of lines blurred and a lot of consequences that have come from these big milestones. Right. And, and, uh, we can say good and bad. Yeah. You know, for, for all of those things. Totally. Right. Now, um, I, even, even though like looking at the situation, especially like prop eight, Mm -hmm. for example, um, I know a lot of people have talked about this, uh, but you know, you can, you can look at the situation, like even if you're for gay marriage, mm-hmm. you can look at the situ- situation and say, that was not a good way to go about that. Well, that it, means that all mm-hmm. of our rights, that means that the way that we conduct society, we're just basing it off of a small group of people who mm-hmm. were not elected by us. So it's mm-hmm. not, it's not the dem- democratic way we were going about it the democratic way. Mm-hmm. And then, a you know, a small group of people said, well, you know, it was the Supreme way. court. And they are exactly. not, they yeah. are not the lawmaking branch of government. Exactly. Their job is to say what is constitutional and what is not. Right. And guess what? The constitution doesn't stay, say anything about marriage. And that's why the power was in the States to make the definition for marriage. Right. So they totally stepped out of their jurisdiction to say, okay, this is the law of the land. Right. Right. And just make a law out of a court case. So. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. So, well, and, and I'll say too, like being in uh, being in a free country as well, like I'm actually kind of, my opinion has swayed a lot on this issue, mm-hmm. you know, and not just to focus on this issue, but, um, you know, I do have this position a little bit that's like, when you're an adult in this country, you can do what you want and live with the natural consequences of that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like even if I'm like, you know, not about gay marriage. I'm okay with someone living that way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when we call it marriage, we're also talking about like, you know, how, how do we incentivize marriage? Why is marriage important? Like, we're not talking yeah. about, we're not talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's, what's, the, what's more important mm-hmm. than the gay marriage question. Yeah. Like whether that's right or wrong. I think mm-hmm. it's what is marriage and why, have we even called it marriage? Why do we even mm-hmm. have marriage in society? Yeah. Why has it been incentivized? There's obviously got to be some pros and cons to that, right? Yeah. So. I feel like you were reading my notes. Oh, really? Yeah. Because oh, okay. we talked about this in my class. <laughs> I was not. Is that the government doesn't care about love or hasn't cared about love, who you love, who you choose to love for years and years and years and years until recently. Right. Um, and marriage was is incentivized because the government knows that marriages produce children. Right. The rising generation. And that children deserve to have a mom and a dad in the home. Yes. And that's why marriage has been incentivized for years is because they want couples to get together and stay together so that they can make babies and those babies can have parents and become productive members of society. Yeah, exactly. That, that was the system. That was the thinking there. Right. The idea was was uh, we don't want to lose our population, mm-hmm. right? Because a population decrease is far more um, intense on a society, especially in an economy, mm-hmm. uh, than a po- population increase. Yeah. No. Okay. I'm just gonna pause and say that, like, I'm not the professional on all this <laughs> stuff. This is just what I. This is what I. From what I understand. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, you look at the family unit as well, and at least I believe when when this nation was founded, founding fathers were looking at uh, at the family unit as mm-hmm. the foundation, 
mm-hmm. of society yeah. where the values were taught. Um, and, and so I think that that we just shouldn't forget about that, mm-hmm. right? Like even though we're becoming a more individualistic society, um, you know, we should try to like remember what is good about the family unit? Yeah. You know, like everything has its pros and cons. Like mm-hmm. I've been, I've been saying since the beginning of this podcast, Yeah, like everything has its pros and cons. There's going to be trouble that comes within family. There mm-hmm. always is. There's drama. Yep. There's broken families. Mm-hmm. But at the, at the core, if you have two parents who are very concerned about their children being good, mm-hmm. being successful, just because they love them. Yeah. Like that incentive is so powerful for a mm-hmm. society. Yeah, and it reminds me of a quote, which I don't actually know the direct quote, but he's a Russian-American um, psychologist. His name is Yuri Brenner, And he says something along the lines that the family unit is like the most effective establishment structure. I don't know the word he used, but to create and teach morals. Right. You know, and that's from a psychology standpoint. That isn't even from like a religious standpoint, right? which we believe very strongly that the family unit is the strongest organization that we have on this planet to produce good humans right? and to teach and to learn and to grow in love. Yep. So exactly. So I agree with that. That's why we care so much about families and why we are so concerned with the disintegration of the traditional family. Exactly. We are moving into an individualist society. Well, we are in an individualist yeah, we're society. we're there. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been moving that way since the 60s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and the reason I kind of, you know, caught into that too was mostly because of, of uh, a lot of the activism, you know, that mm, was kind of happening yeah. during that time. Um, and the it was the result of the 50s. And, you know, which came after World War II. Which right. The 50s was like the nuclear family. Yeah, and true. And, uh, you know, since then, the, the fight has just been continually against that. Totally. Um, so we're, you know, we're in an individualist world. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we want to talk about how we can adapt to that. Mm-hmm. And we can, we want to talk about how, you know, the world is trying to take men and women out of the homes to be... Mm-hmm more focused on themselves probably than they should be. Right, yeah. exactly. That's where a lot of problems in the society is stemming from. Yeah. Is that people, adults, are caring too much about themselves and not about the community as a whole, the nation as a whole, and the rising generation. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. so Kiana's going to talk about men. I'm going to talk about women. Oh, yeah. But I also want to talk a little bit about... Well, we're going to talk about both, of yeah. course. But we... Yeah. She's going to focus her efforts there. Yeah. So we learned some pretty surprising statistics in my class. In 2017, one in four children live without a father in the, the home. One in four? One in four. Wow. And that was 2017. I wouldn't that, be surprised. Is that like there's no father in the picture at all? Yeah. Okay. And wow. it's it's shocking. It's really really sad that fatherlessness has become such a big issue. Right. And there's a lot of factors that play into that. There's the world telling fathers that they're not good enough. There's substance abuse that takes them away from their families. Also the world telling them they can do whatever they want. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's affairs to be mess to be less manly yeah 
there's crime. There's lots of things that take fathers out of the home. Um, but I just wanted to talk about why it's such a big issue. Yeah. We have been learning about how fatherlessness, that one instance, that one issue in a person's life can cause so many other issues. Mm -hmm. We actually did this whole assignment where we looked at a social issue and we tried to connect it back to fatherlessness and it was not hard. It was very, very easy to see the connection and connect the dots. Yeah. So some of those issues are hookup culture. When the father is not in the home, both teenage boys and girls are way more likely to be, you know, promiscuous, promiscuous, promiscuous. And that just carries on to their adult years. Wow. And then there's pornography when there aren't, there isn't a good father figure in the home. There isn't someone to help teach about healthy sexual intimacy, right? which causes people to turn to pornography, which causes girls to be easy victims to be trafficked into pornography. Right, right. And then there's a host of other issues. There's low high school graduation rates, there's poverty, there's crime, there's abuse, there's mental illnesses, but we can trace so many of those issues, all of those issues back to not having a father present in the home. Wow. And I I want to, I feel like I want to know like the relationship, the relation between there being no father, mm-hmm. a very like unpresent father. Yeah. Um, and maybe like, you know, an abusive father. So it's basically like, Oh yeah. Um, I, I wonder if there are any studies about that, but maybe that's what you study. Well, <laughs> it is what I study and there probably are studies on it. But I bet there's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. there. Um, that would be really interesting to look at. Yeah. So in a future episode, for sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll take a look at that. Um, but either way, you know, you can just see the effects of, you know, people either having trouble with their dad or mm-hmm. not having their dad in the home. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's just so heartbreaking, mm-hmm. you know, um, th- there's just like the, the dad adds so much. Yeah. Um, that's coming from the dad. I, I add so much. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's so true. Like men are just crucial in our world. And mm-hmm. in these studies, it's, it's more beneficial to have some sort of strong male figure in your life than no male figure. Right. So even if your dad isn't present, you're better off if you have like a teacher, a coach, some other man in your life to turn to. Yeah, exactly. And I think it goes back to... And a good man too, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, because it's like you have uh, a lot of people today because of individual society mm-hmm. that have the appearance of being a man, but they're not, Yeah, you know? Um, so, and it's hard It's hard to, to figure out that, but really men protect. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that one, one good thing I'll say about individual society is that um, it's pro- I think it's promoted more men to be more open Mm-hmm. emotionally yeah and that is something i think that you've been studying as well as like the emotional readiness of a of a man in the home mm-hmm. too so yeah and i just wanted to point out that like when we look at these issues it just shows us that children need a father and a mother 
Men and women offer such different nutrients to their children. Exactly. And when we subtract half of the nutrients, we see these big issues yeah. rise. So. Exactly. So um, if I might just kind of segue to yeah. with that. Uh, that uh, so, Okay, I don't have <laughs> prepared like studies. <laughs> um, Kiana's really good with that, but she's also getting a lot of it in her class. Um, I'm just going to talk from my experience. Yeah. I would be nothing without Kiana in the home. I mean, I probably, here's probably what would happen. If Kiana wasn't here, I would immediately pack up my stuff and go home to my mom so that she could help me raise Colin. Mm-hmm. Because she is, is so important in the nurturing of Coleman mm-hmm. and him growing up. And it's a beautiful thing. I love it. And she, I'm glad she loves it too. Yeah. Um, and in society today, we're just seeing uh, women being pulled away from their families, saying that your job is more important. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I think is really funny. Before this notion, men were never told that your job is more important than your family. No. Men really never have been told that. Mm-mm. They have jobs because of their family. That's yeah. what motivates them to make money. Yeah, exactly. Is to protect and provide. Right. But... Today, society says it's better for you to be single and have a job, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which coming from society, they're secretly saying benefit us Yeah. without all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. If you just give your devotion to us, live that way. Mm-hmm. But, but um, you know, there's a benefit to having that pri- family as a priority. Yeah. And the, coming from a man's perspective, um, you know, it, when I work, it, it brings a lot more fulfillment than when I was single, having mm-hmm. a family. Yeah. It brings purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, now, even if you don't have a family and you're working, like that's, that is not a bad thing. Um, just recognize that the priorities in your life still kind of are, for, are outside of work, yeah. you know, um, whether that's dating or, uh, you know, whether that is maybe your immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um you know, or, or whatnot. Yeah. And so I just see that, that when women are being pulled out of the home for work, I don't have a problem with women working no, at all. I, I don't either. Slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I feel like that's already been pinned on me sometimes when I've had some of these discussions yeah. with people. It's like, well, yeah, like, well, you just don't want women to work. You think men are better. I'm like, I actually really don't think that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think that in just the same way, I think if women are going to go work for their families, they should receive the same message that men used to, mm-hmm. which is that it's for an important purpose. Yeah. And that brings, and, and it's sad if, if both parents have to be out of the home or if you are a single parent. And so that means that they don't have their parents at home. Mm-hmm. Like that is not, that is not the perfect situation. We're not trying to create that, but the best scenario is to say my family is important at home yeah that was powerful thanks yeah (laughs) i really i really mean it and i and i think that um i think that there has been a lot more pros to women being in the workforce than cons Mm -hmm. to be honest yeah um I, i honestly believe that but just don't give into this this like you're more important than 
than everything else, mm-hmm. you know, just don't be so selfish. Yeah. Just realize, I, I mean, like your work is for society and it's for your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is for you too. Yeah. But like, don't be just thinking that it's just for you. Yeah. You know, it never, you're just thinking too much about yourself if you're in that yeah, situation. You get in that. For men and women, that's what I'm saying. If you get in that mindset, then you are going to believe that you don't need your spouse or that you don't need your family life. Yeah. And that you can do it all on your own. Yeah. And I just, I can't believe ever. I will never believe that humans are designed that way to do it all on their own because they're not. (laughs) Yeah. That's why you need two to make a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We are not designed to be alone in this world. Exactly. So let's, let's stop acting like it. (laughs) Yeah. Let's stop acting like it. Um, okay, I did have uh, just a quick, like, I, I wanted to discuss this. How does this individualist society translate into parenting pros and cons? Oh, yeah, I like that. Okay. Do, do you want to start with your thoughts or did you just have the question? I, I just had the question, <laughs> but I will start with my own thoughts on okay. it too. I need a little second to think. Yeah. Um, it is good to take care of yourself. Yes. I think that at the heart of individualist society, Mm -hmm. um, from the good heart of it, Mm -hmm. I think that there is kind of a a malice heart there, if I'm being completely honest. But the, I think that, you know, for most people wanting to grasp onto it, we're feeling this uh, lack of wholeness, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Lack of taking care of oneself. I think that self-care has been being promoted in this society. I think we should take that, um, you know, I mean, at least the people who are who are doing good at adversely, you know, or fighting against the adversity of society mm-hmm. are, are taking it as an opportunity to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's probably the biggest pro. And, and I think that that in the parenting that translates quite directly to wanting your kids to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes that gets really obscure. That's where we're fighting a lot in society today um, because we have um, a lot of controversial issues um, around parenting mm-hmm. that are so polarized and opposite. Yeah. You know, it's like traditional mm-hmm. views versus like, you know, like transgender ideology mm-hmm. is like a really big one. Yeah. Um, so so there's that. But, mm-hmm. but um, I think that if you are parenting at your core to help your child to feel... Um, feel uh, enough love or worth for themselves and to take care of themselves. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the con is selfishness. Mm-hmm. I think that's like you're, I think that we're going in an area where we're teaching our kids to be selfish rather than, you know, and there's a fine line there mm-hmm. versus taking care of yourself versus being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's my thoughts. Okay. Kind uh, of on it. I yeah. love it. That helped me to jog my brain on what I want to talk about. Yeah. Which is kind of maybe taking a step back, uh-huh. looking at the bigger picture. Once upon a time, people lived in villages. <laughs> and we hear that phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. And now in this individualistic world, women are struggling to parent because they don't have their villages behind them. Mm-hmm. Women are having postpartum depression like crazy because 
it's hard to feel like you're alone in that world of being a new mom. Right. And I, I don't think that that's how we're designed to be. Yes. I think that we all need our village to fall back on. And that's one of the biggest changes and shifts we've seen in parenting and families is it's all about each like individual family unit. Yeah. And you're so focused on, okay, like what can I do? I don't know. It's good to focus on your family, but it's also uh, equally important to connect to the families around you and to rely on your parents, right? your extended family, your friends for help, reach out for help. Yeah. Yep. In a, in an individualist society, belonging is a, is under attack. It's very difficult to find. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if you if if you're the most important thing, mm-hmm. where do you belong? Yeah, right. Exactly. It, it's so yeah. Like we we kind of are out of our out of our villages, and that's what we're fighting for. That's why the online community exists in this mm-hmm. in the way that it does. Yeah, TikTok and Instagram. It's like people are are uh, kind of reaching for attention because mm-hmm. they're sitting alone in their rooms. They're fighting for connection. Yeah. They're the, they're being, uh, you know, so there is loneliness uh, yeah. has really come from from uh, the thing this thing that started in the 60s funny enough. <laughs> um so and it's good for us to battle it. Yeah. You know, another pro of having something that's not great is we become better afterwards if we fight it the right way. Yeah. In our own lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we ready for uh, honest to God section? Yeah, I'll take it away. So even in this episode, and this is funny because I didn't talk to Michael about this beforehand, but he kept saying the phrase, oh, there's pros and cons in all things mm-hmm. in every side. And my my spiritual message, what I've been learning this week is that there's opposition in all things. Yeah. So that's in Second Nephi chapter two. It must needs be that there is opposition in all things. So this was a quote from one of my classes and it reads, Christ and Satan both have their patterns. And if you want to learn doubly, seek to understand the pattern of light in all things. And you will naturally start to see the opposite pattern of darkness in all things. And I think that's something that's really been standing out to me is that there, there are divine designs for our life, Mm -hmm. divine patterns that we see that promote so much goodness and love and growth and happiness. And then we see the adversary take that pattern and shift it ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. And it's so it can be hard to recognize that it is a pattern of evil. I was going to say, too, that, that that reminds me in economics of uh, what we call unintended consequences too, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just oppositions, all things. And sometimes, um, Satan is leading our, uh, in our, he, Satan's leading our world in a way that he understands what the consequences are and good hearted people who are trying Mm -hmm. to make good change sometimes don't recognize the unintended consequences. When they get them, they're like, what, why are we feeling so much loneliness in the world today? Why is suicide up? You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, unintended consequences what we're dealing with right now mm-hmm. so how are we going to deal with it yeah you know we have to we have to face reality a little bit mm-hmm. sometimes don't we so 
bringing it back to the world situation, (laughs) opposition in all things. That's good. In all things. I wanted to talk today. uh, My dad was just called um, as a bishop um, back in Lincoln, California for our church. And um, it was just a really sweet weekend for me. Um, I, as we were, we were able to watch the broadcast of it. Um, they allowed to have it broadcast to us because we were trying so hard to make it, but we could not make it because of Donner Pass. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. Everything's dun, dun, dun about Donner Pass all the time. <laughs> um, it was really bad weather and the flights were too expensive. So uh, we watched from afar. Mm-hmm. But wow, how powerful was that experience for us to watch? Um, and if you guys, uh, you know, don't know, I mean, it's pretty similar to a pastor maybe Mm. in another church, uh, but our, all the leadership in our church is called, uh, and it could be anybody. Yeah. Um, so it, and they're not paid. Yeah. They're not paid. Um, they're not, um, they didn't go to college for that specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, so the congregations are led by, it could be, you know, any member, um, and it's kind of a sweet thing, you know. Um, you know, he didn't ask or apply for the position he was asked to mm-hmm. uh, um, do it, and he accepted. And um, just wanted to talk about how sweet that was. I uh, wanted to talk about how much of an example of a father he was to me um, in accepting that uh, calling. And um, yeah, it was just a really sweet, really sweet experience for me. Um, So, uh, good example, Mm. good example of a father. Yeah. Yeah. It was very special. Yep. Okay. We're going to switch our messages about, uh, so I'm going to give a message to women today. Whoa, whoa. We're, we're, we're switching the gender roles on our gender roles (laughs) podcast, basically. Let's hear it for the girls. This is going to be kind of an individualist message, but but kind of trying to f- like focus it in on on the family too. Mm-hmm. Uh, women pursue your passions, but remember family. I've kind of already said that before. Oh yeah. So um, Kiana, right now she's going to school, and I love that she is. And I'm just trying to get a business going at home, <laughs> like it, and uh, so we're just doing the thing, you know. But I would see. Probably 20 years ago, we w- would have gotten maybe backlash from our families, yeah. you know, for doing mm-hmm. something like this, uh, which is just like, she's going to school first to get her degree. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like some things have changed in that, I think, for the better yeah. in that way. Um, it's really cool that Kiana can do what she loves uh, while taking care of the family mm-hmm. and um, I can do what I love while trying to take care of the family. So yeah. my message is follow your passions um, just remember who it's for and, uh, you know, don't get too selfish. About it. Yeah. I'm not calling all women selfish. Don't take it that way. Mm, just don't let the world get to your head. Yeah. It's maybe a better way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my message to men are that you are so needed. Your kids, your wives, your sisters, your brothers, We all need you in our lives. So don't let the world tell you otherwise. Because I feel like that's the message that they're getting today is that they're not needed and that they can just go do whatever they want. But we really, really need you in our lives. So so be there. Show up for 
for your families and your friends and and make yourselves useful (laughs) (laughs) you know try your hardest yeah exactly help those women out sorry Mm -hmm. it turned into my class still has a message for men (laughs) (laughs) always have a message for everybody i need you to hear this one thing that's what listen (laughs) (laughs) well thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode it really means a lot to us a lot a lot and we'd love to hear from you guys over email instagram you can find us on Facebook. I mean, not the podcast, but Michael and Kiana Anderson. You can find us on yeah, Facebook you if, <laughs> if you're so inclined. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we want to hear your opinions mm-hmm. uh, as well. We really appreciate you guys listening to what we had to say today. Let us know what you have to say. Exactly. And uh, maybe we'll share that on the podcast. Yeah. And we hope to see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.